Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Gig App Podcast by Para. I know we're a day behind this week, but holidays and uh, everybody was traveling. David's not in the country. Um, our guest um, is also not in his home city. So we're just uh, accommodating. Um, this week, David and I are joined by, and I I had him on the Rideshare Rodeo a couple of years back. So I hope I get, I forgot to ask you backstage. So I hope I get his last name right. But Doug, and it's Fiegelson. Fiegelson. Damn it. I, <laughs> I knew it was one or the other. And I was like, okay, I, th- I kept thinking Fieg, Fieg, Fieg. So I was like, okay, it's got to be with the, I kind of <laughs> no knew it. Damn it. It was a 50-50 chance I got it wrong. So, <laughs> um, Doug, it's, I mean, to those that don't know, yeah, if you guys, if you guys want to know, like I interviewed Doug for Right Your Rodeo podcast on um, February 16th of 2021. So he's uh, he's been doing this for a while, and uh, we'll get into the app here a little bit. But, uh, Doug, thank you for joining David and I. We're looking forward to this. Of course, yeah. Thank you for having me on again. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so first, I guess, uh, you know, like for those that don't know, what is Maestro? Um, what does it offer the users? What is, what are the basics that you would, that you would tell a group of gig workers that are interested? Yeah. So Maestro is an app that coordinates multi-apping. So for drivers who are not just doing Uber, but also Lyft, maybe they're doing some deliveries on DoorDash or Grubhub. Maestro brings all of those into one interface so that they can more easily go online with all of them. They can coordinate them, filter rides, and, and ultimately make more money. Mm-hmm. So, and so that's for Uber, Lyft, Uber Eats, DoorDash, Grubhub. Um, but I also was, I was checking out on the app store and I saw, I don't know where it's at now, but I saw on there was coming soon, Amazon Flex and Spark. That's right. Yeah, we're working on those. Um, is there any is there any like insights as to what will what what will it do for those apps, or what are you trying to get for those apps for those users? Yeah, I think drivers who have used Maestro with the existing apps will kind of get it. Um, as far as we're just bringing the same things we have with Uber and Lyft to those apps. So uh, when you go online now, you're just if you also do Flex, it'll bring you on with Flex. Same with uh, Spark when we have that and. It just gives you more opportunities to get offers, and um, then you can be more selective about the ones that you take. So it's kind of the same. You have your filtering metrics and settings and things you can do, but it's going to take into account that for Spark too. Because I mean, I know, and that's something that I, you know, I was hoping we'll get into, but maybe we could just even kind of touch on it here. Is that like so people can use those like they use the other factors, but. Are you are you, are you able to notice? Are people turning off filters right now? And I ask this because, like, let's say that somebody just works DoorDash, and let's say that they use these filters, and in the past, two hundred uh, two hundred offers a day to take fifteen. Let's say, yeah, those filters are great. I don't want it. Why would you want to look at two hundred and fifteen when you can just get the fifteen you want? Are you no? Are you able to notice if people aren't using those filters as much, or do you hear feedback on that? Because I'm, David and I have talked about this a little bit. Like, are people turning it off because the order volume is so far down? Because it is down right now on all the apps. But like DoorDash, big time. Like, I'm wondering if people are turning it off in terms of like, yeah, I used to see 200. Now I see 40 in a day. I want to see them. Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, in theory, we do have all that data. I haven't personally looked at it. So um, I couldn't tell you if people are turning the filters off or not. Um, 
I actually didn't realize that order volume was even down. I assume there's some holiday seasonality um, that's accounting for that, or, or maybe you're talking about something else. No, no, something else. Yeah, I mean, v- volume's way down, way, way down. Really? When yeah. as it went? Like on on DoorDash, it's down like close to thirty percent of the orders. Wow. And and they just that? it's it's the money being taken in isn't showing it because they've raised their prices. They are taking more against the dr- the drivers. They're doing all those little tricks that we've known about forever, but the order amounts are down. Like if I turn on DoorDash right now, I'm not a big DoorDash person. I do a lot of the last mile apps like Curry and all and all that kind of stuff. But so if I turn on DoorDash though, and I've been doing this to play around with Parapulse, I'm trying to watch Pulse in my area. I'm, I got my accounts connected, but I've been turning on DoorDash and figuring since I'm going to play with this and look at it work, might as well do some DoorDash. And yeah, I could have turned on uber eats and stuff too i connected them so they're working to help pulse but i really did like eight doordash shifts which i haven't done in forever and in my area on a friday night i would see on a four you know on a five hour thing i'm gonna see 30 40 out 30 at least 30 orders an hour right now i was seeing about six or seven wow every one of the testing blocks i did now i'm not a top dasher I'm not a platinum dasher. I'm not a diamond dasher. I'm not a whatever prancer, all that kind of stuff. Um, but at the same time, like the volume, it, everybody here in the chat can probably attest the same thing. The volume's just down. It just mm-hmm. is. It's down, down, down. Um, I think a big portion is because of the catering apps. Um, DoorDash was never made to be a, a catering company. They just, catering is a different game. It's a different space. And just because you serve food and you say, well, we provide catering, do you? Because you're not making sure people have catering bags. You're not making sure that they know that they might have to do setup, that it's a little bit different. So I know they lost a lot of catering clients, hence delivered that Parapass delivered. I mean, there's now more catering companies than there are food delivery companies. Got it. So is that something that declined that's just happened over time as they've lost was, you know, their, their catering business? Was that more, was that such a big portion that it could account for a 30% drop? And no, 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 no. I I mean, it's not just DoorDash. It's across the board. It's, I mean, all the apps are down a little bit. I, I mean, look, I think it's, it's just look at the situation. I mean, we're inflation's super high. It's debatable if we're in a recession and, you know, like Lou and Mary, I don't know if you're familiar with the Long Island Dash experience. Great people out, out in New York. Um, I do some collabs with them and uh, Lou's a very smart person. He was saying he honestly believes that a lot of people got in pandemic habits of spending that even though the any kind of like money coming in or any of that, that people have developed such bad habits they don't know they can't afford food delivery anymore. <laughs> I mean, it's an interesting, it's an interesting thought. Like it's not definitely what the problem is, but I can see that some, I mean, a lot of, when I was doing these DoorDash testing, a lot of the areas I was delivering to, I know very well are not areas that can afford those kind of services, you know, and even, yeah, but I think sort of what Doug, I agree with you is I don't think it's all catering. I think it's just general. I'm the same thing. I don't think we've come through the data. But it's something anecdotally we just heard from a lot of different people. Probably, Steve, I don't know, remember when, but starting four months ago, three, four months ago, something like that. It seemed like a yeah. decline. I was going to say it was about the time. Measures, probably. Yeah, I was going to say it was about the time people start saying, oh, summer slowdown. And that's when I would always say, yeah, for some, for some people, summer market is where they make all their money. 
So you can't say summer slowdown. <laughs> you can say we're, you know, things are slow right now in your market, but that balance never happened. When, when most, of, when a lot of the people start saying, oh, it's the summer slowdown. And then everybody knows it to be, what is it like late August, early September, everything picks back up really strong as school goes back in session. And it just didn't this year. In fact, it got, went down from summer levels. So I think that a lot of people, I mean, because I can tell you a lot of people in the chat here and whatnot, they're starting to onboard to what I call off-brand apps like Curry, you know, even a roadie or even a, uh, you know, I, may, I guess not Spark, but I'm trying to think, you know, like, um, I mean, I can name like Go Curry. Deliver, or, deliver that. Yeah, yeah, drop off. I mean, all the all these just apps about like even last mile stuff, um, smaller companies, startups, there's just, there's fetch. There's, there's just all these random apps. And I've, I mean, David and I have been on this thing that we think it's next year is about the, the, about the rise of the smaller apps because it's the giants caught in a lot of these trouble, but yeah, yeah. I'd be, I'd be very interested to see your, your data on, I mean, I, I don't even know if that's data you, I, I know it would be anonymous, but I don't even know if that's data that you get where you, you can see that, wait a minute, people have their filters off. Yeah, we, we actually don't collect that specifically their filter settings right now. Um, yeah. We could add some analytics there. Um, I, I think the most interesting data here I've seen before is the second measure. It's called Bloomberg service, where they look at the credit card transactions and just see how many consumers are buying Lyft rides, Uber rides, or um, DoorDash delivery. Um, I think that'd be really interesting to see if um, if this 30% decline is is across all of the apps or if it's a shift that's happening or or why that's happening at all. So, um, I see that, uh, Josh has a question here. He's wanting to know what is the difference between Maestro and Maximo? I'm guessing the number one difference will be iOS. Absolutely. Um, but, but I mean, I also have seen some other things you're doing. I also know you're interested or even potentially working on, um, kind of what we're doing with Pulse. Um, so I, I'm not really sure. Like, I mean, do you have, do you want to expand on that a little bit? Yeah, so I think you're referring. Um, I, I I believe Pulse is like the hotspots showing where um, where para drivers are finding offers right now. And we actually coincidentally recently launched a heat maps, um, uh, where we call it hotspots within Maestro, where you can see just in the past hour where were the rideshare rides in my city, where were the deliveries coming from, which restaurants. So mm -hmm. similar idea of um, again, hopefully helping like drivers a, like like more. the heat maps that they used to have. But that they've almost well now they still have them, but they're more like this is where we want you. <laughs> so you can't trust these coming. I was talking more about like other than just iOS though, because I know there's other things on the Maestro app too. Like I know that um, I mean I was looking at your uh, in the app store today, and I saw things like what it's showing on the screen. Is there is there more than that it's doing than the Maximo app that you want to talk about or? I really can't speak to Maximo because I haven't used it in years. Um, I tried it a, a while back, but um, we we provide as much as we can. We um, you know we get the offer information, the pickup, the drop off when it's available. We map that and we show the distance to pick up and drop off per hour. We calculate that your your dollars per hour and dollars per mile, and um, and then we provide filters against all of these attributes that we have. So, um, yeah. I mean, I what I else? What else was called Doug? I always like the fact that oh, you guys were very good at sort of toggling on and off apps too. Can you sort of tell tell the listeners about that? Yeah, that was that's been a huge um, challenge for us to do as well as we've done it. When and it's a point of pride now, where um, 
we've really gotten it to sync up well with the Uber app and with the Lyft app. So you tap to go online in Maestro and then all of your apps are online um, and offers just start coming in. You don't need to go into them to turn them on or off. And of course, when you accept a ride through Maestro, we'll, we'll toggle them off temporarily so that you don't get double booked. Mm-hmm. How does that work? And, like then, when, and then when you're do you done, it toggles the back on. Yeah, do you pause um, the dash or how does that work? With DoorDash, we do pause the dash, and that does lead to an issue where there's a limited timer on that on that pause. Um, and of course, all you need to do is quickly unpause and repause. Um, so that's what we tell drivers to do when they're on a longer ride while they're paused on dash. Um, so we might automate that at some point, but um, lots of lots of optimizations to do. Yeah. So to that gig life, I, what I would say is there are more there are more differences um i mean we're familiar with the maximo app uh very well too but uh just what i would say is go to the app store check it out the big one of the biggest things is that it is ios um and that's i mean i know that's huge to a lot of people because that's they use ios so (laughs) that becomes kind of a big deal but i do i do see that is this is it what is the pricing? Do you have different levels of pricing on this? Because I see somebody putting in a price in here and I'm curious. Uh, yeah. So um, we have different prices on the different platforms. On iOS, we're uh, $18 a month. And on Android, we're at $5 a month. Um, and that's mostly because on iOS, it works much better. Frankly, we've spent more time getting it fine-tuned there. Um, Android, uh, we still have some bugs to work out. Um, so to be, on- to be honest, I got to tell you, that's... I- I'm just going to be honest. I hear this from all the all the companies, even the companies I work with, like Curry. I'm very tight with their team all the way through to engineering. And and even they, they admittedly say iOS just works better. It always will. And they even yeah, if they're, they say the same kind of answers as you, they're, where they're like, yeah, we need some work on the Android side. They know that it's just they can only make it do so much. I say iOS works better, but to do what Doug is doing is hard. You know, we deal with iOS also, and like, uh, there's a reason I guess not a lot of other apps are able to provide it on iOS. So I think you know it's great that it works better, but I guess sort of kudos to Doug and team because it's not easy to do. Yeah, I guess that's yeah, that's what I'm saying is like I feel like with I I mean David and I mean I know this from you like it's tough to submit something through iOS. I I can tell you guys that back in my early days of rideshare like even when marissa was doing it too like we got these like tablets that were like pre before octopus existed before there were octopus tablets in rideshare same type of deal but the guy had his app up on and he gave us these things just met us in the airport part staging lot and gave us these tablets and he said download this app and there were only like five reviews and it was like a half a star review so everybody had like given it zero or however you go under one i don't know it was like the worst reviews and the thing never worked, but it was it was only working off Android, these tablets. And so I guess I'm not exactly sure, but I guess on the Android side, I don't even know if there's a barrier to make sure the app is working. <laughs> like in the Google Play Store, I think you can just upload something that doesn't work. Yeah, I think they're, they're a lot more permissive, for better or for worse. Easier to get stuff in, but then there's also a lot of junk that, that gets through there. Yeah, I mean... Uh, yeah, I, I, I want to sort of I just, piggyback on something you were saying earlier, Steve, which is uh, sort of uh, 2024 being the year of the, you know, people, I think the one thing we've seen in the slowdown is people move more towards multi-apping, right? I think that's something we've noticed is people are 
picking up the catering apps. People are picking up other apps. Like more, like you know, COVID forced that shift to multi-apping, but I feel this recent slowdown has caused more people to multi-app more and explore new things. And I guess that's probably a good thing with sort of, you know, for apps that help people multi-app. And I guess with that, it's sort of a bit of a winding way to ask you, Doug, just sort of like, you know, what do you see Maestro doing in the coming year? And also just like, how did you get here? Like, I would love to know your story about like how you how you got to multi-apping. Sure, yeah. Well, I'll start with the, the first part of your question, which I'm really excited if 2024 is the year of these smaller apps. I mean, I think this is, obviously I'm a bit biased because we're helping to facilitate multi-apping, but I think this is also just a huge win for drivers if we live in a world that has a lot of competition, um, a lot of different apps that they could be driving for that kind of have to compete against each other and offer decent, uh, decent pay for drivers. So um, to the extent that these, these small apps um, become meaningful for drivers, we're going to keep adding them and making it really easy for them to not only drive for them, but eventually we would like to help them through the whole process of signing up for these apps and um, and, and managing them, you know, there's there's all kinds of maintenance just to keep your insurance updated with with every app. So um, that I'm, is a future that I'm really excited about. It's I think very good for drivers, and um, that will be our plan as far as 2024 is adding these additional apps. I mean, the other thing too. I mean, Dave was just saying, and I honestly, I mean, we've him and I have talked about this many many times lately, because it just seems to be even growing more apparent is that all these smaller apps, more regional apps, apps that aren't looking to take over the world or the, even the nation, um, they're getting like, they're, they don't have to pitch into prop 22. Like there's a pretty big food delivery app that do doesn't have to go by the New York standard. Now. Um, I can't remember their name cause they're just in New York city, but it's kind of weird cause they're, they're not that far under Uber Eats, DoorDash and Grubhub and they're not being held to this. So it's like they're really going after these apps that really set some bad standards. But I think that, like David was saying, that people are more interested now. Like people would always say, well, how do I get that app? Where is it? And maybe they didn't follow up on it. Now I'm getting emails every day about, dude, what other apps can I onboard to? And and I'm telling you, like they're wanting, they're not just wanting another one. They're wanting me to list everything. Like here, try these 15. People are like getting to a point of, okay, I'm finally, I, I've heard you for a long time about try the other apps. I'm, I'm there. What's up? And I think that, I think that's huge because I think the other apps are dropping the ball. There's legislation coming. There's problems coming down the roads and next year is not going to be pretty, you know? I mean, I don't know. I, I feel like right out of the gate, you know, there's a, they're already getting ahead of New York legislation and paying something that doesn't even go into law till February. <laughs> so Obviously, what I can say about that is, like I said before, about a, I think I said it last week. Look, guys, they're not they're not doing it out of the kindness of their hearts. There is a reason why they're paying you that amount now and testing the system to so that they can do some legal battle before February. I don't even know what it is. I'm just telling you guys. I'm I'm predicting the future here. <laughs> so. What is this change that's happening in New York coming up? Uh, it already happened. So New York now has to pay um, uh, delivery drivers uh, 50 cents per minute per active minute. So that's $30 an hour. However, they call it um, 1786 because they've already also figured in that the best you'll do is a 60% optimization rate on your hour. 
So even though at 50 cents a minute, you could technically do $30 in an hour, they know they'll only optimize you at best at 60%. Hmm. So they're saying that that's the new New York minimum wage. And because of that, it's going to make it so that after the new year, because right now people are getting these checks. I think they're figuring out the system. But after the new year, they're going to make sure that they just top you out at that. I mean, look, they did this when they did it with Rideshare years ago, New York, and it failed. I mean, it's the same city. It's the same city trying the same play that they tried with Rideshare and it failed. You know, I don't understand how... I'm not a fan of that. Like I've said, when you do that, you have a floor meets ceiling thing. And so, first of all, we know 85% of gig workers are part-time or under 20 hours. You know, it's debatable if it's 17, 18, 19, 20, but under 20 hours a week, 85%. Um, so the ones who are the full hustlers, you need those ones who take the midnight shifts in New York on like rideshare, for example, or the or the weekends and do these shifts that other people don't want to work, but where they make twice as much as other drivers. You need those drivers to do those midnight shifts. If you're going to make it so that the guy who's sitting at home on a Tuesday saying, I'm not getting any rideshare rides from my couch. Um, I need to be paid a minimum wage because it's not the people earning a lot of money at the high end who are complaining. It's the people who aren't, who are getting on and going, I, I can't make any money. This system doesn't work. And to that, I've said many times, not everybody's meant for the service industry. It's a fact. If, the, if, if everybody was, not even everybody I know in this world has ever had a job in the service industry. I've spent my lifetime in it. I can tell you, not everybody's made for it. Some people quit after their first day, like in a bar or a restaurant. Like, dude, this is way hard work. Yeah. Okay, well, I mean, so maybe this isn't as much brain work going on or whatever. Some people say the barrier to entry is so easy, but... To be honest, I don't I don't agree with setting those kind of rates because you get all the people who really hustle and know how to work it leave. They're not going to they're not going to make 1876 so that, so that the person who isn't even trying is who's making 6 can make 18. Mm-hmm. And we and we know that the company's not going to pay for these people and let these people still learn. They're going to take it from this and do that. And so basically, give it a few months, everybody's making 18 bucks is how I see it. Kind of whenever you work, you know, it's, it's, it's like an earned by time thing. That's how I think of it. It's like earned by time, but for everybody, it's like you're forced into earned by time. And so I don't know. That's another thing too, is that they do have an amount of declines you can do, but again, it's active time. But I think that they're part of the integration too, is they're doing the active time to, um, uh, like if you don't, if, like if you're doing earn by time in another city, if you, if you, you can skip one an hour, you can decline one an hour. The second one you decline, your dash is ended. So there you can stay on dashing, but I, I guarantee it. I mean, they're not, they're not advertising it, but I guarantee if you're turning down two, three, that they're just saying, forget this person, man. Don't even send him the data now. Um, yeah. especially with these new rules. But yeah, the other thing is that, uh, so they've now raised the price of the processing, the delivery fee. They have already included on the customer's side a $2, like, hey, this is the tax that New York screwed you on that makes us pay gig workers more. They have taken tipping and removed it and put it at the end. So you have to have your food in your hand before you can go back into the app and tip. So the tipping up front that would usually get people to take orders is gone. So that that number's gone. 
So now you're waiting to see like, and, and I understand that's how tipping works, but I've always said it's more like a bid anyway, but at the same time, they've taken away the ability to bid and make the offer look good. So there's that's gone. Um, and that, and, and I, and my thought is just like California, eventually people are going to keep seeing that $2 line item. They're going to see these stories in the, in the news that say, Hey, we've, we've done these good things around Christmas. We're now paying our drivers 30, 50 cents a minute. So they can make $30 an hour. How are you going to get somebody who's a mechanic? Um, maybe a, I know, you know, 10 year plus mechanics can make more or whatever, but let's say second year doing, uh, working on cars, paying off a small school debt or whatever, who makes 27, 28 bucks an hour, who has seen these articles and thinks every DoorDash driver makes 30 an hour. Why is he, why is he going to tip? That DoorDasher in his mind makes more than him. Yeah. And it seems like if it's paid by the active minute, you know, doesn't that mess all the incentives up as far as being efficient with the deliveries? Well, they're gone. You mean like the kind of gamification stuff? It's gone. I mean, like I think Top Dasher was if Top Dasher might have even already been removed. Um, I mean, they're just they're gonna be gone. Yeah, and and aside from the game, I mean, uh, just when 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 you're paid a fixed amount to do the order, you're going to want to get it done quickly so you can get another order, and that's going to reward the dashers who are efficient. And if they're getting paid a minimum amount now per minute, well, then yeah. you're just going to take it easy. Yeah, you know, exactly. Right? And you're going to get paid the same amount. That's got to be so frustrating. You know, I mean, this is what happened to you guys in California with Prop Twenty Two. And, and the thing is, is Prop 22 was actually figured when AB5 happened to be, okay, well, this is what rideshare drivers will make. Nobody knew the pandemic was coming, you know, because it was end of 2019. It was put into law January 1st, 2020. And it was supposed to balance out rideshare drivers. Rideshare drivers can't even find any money in Prop 22. The only people who benefit are the delivery drivers because they get 120% of minimum wage for wherever in their state they are. <coughs> So I know California varies from be, 16 to 19. And what I think is going to be interesting is maybe they then start to drive a wedge, right? This is like super anecdotal, right? But like I took an Uber to the LA airport like a week ago. Um, and I asked sort of my Uber driver, like, hey, you know, how much are you getting paid? And he said, like, you know, 32 bucks, right? Uh, David, <laughs> there he is. Sorry, I'm going back. You're back. You know, so I was saying, I asked the Uber driver how much he's getting paid, and it was 32 bucks, and I had paid 78 bucks, right? And this was in Los Angeles to go to the airport. And to me, I think it is almost that. You put the base, you get people used to the base, then you make the spread. Like, to me, that was, like, crazy. I, I knew there were, Uber was making more of a spread, but that was, like, a lot, basically, right? I mean, that was pretty wild. So I feel like that's, that's where pretty normal days, yeah. though. I mean, I'm, it's sad but true. It's pretty normal. Um, yeah. I would assume. I guess, yeah, I want to sort of. I sort of. Oh, didn't I? <laughs> uh, Doug does a Meister work on iPads. Yep, absolutely. Yeah, I, mean, I would. Yeah, I was gonna say I imagined it. Does. So, um, but yeah, I mean, David, were you shocked by that? To be honest. I mean, it's always sort of sticker shock. I mean, I, I knew that there was more of a spread happening, but that's pretty egregious, right? I mean, 32 on 78 is pretty bad. 
I mean, Miss Derek, right. Mister DSN is in here, and he drives here in Denver. And uh, yeah, I know he does a lot of lift. Uh, Tony does a lot of rideshare. I can tell you. I think both of them would tell you the same story, if not even worse. And you know, I think also the LA airport so is particularly like it's particularly atrocious. You sit there for like fifty minutes without moving, right? It's a pretty bad. It's a bad ride, right? It's for thirty something bucks, like it, it's it's tough. It's tough. Hey, have a have a happy Christmas, that gig life. Um, so yeah, uh, yup. I'm yeah. You've never heard of Maestro in Michigan, so there's a you know before Doug had it, there was an there. Maestro has a a long story. Like Harry was involved in it, I believe before Doug with the original owner, and it it has a long history. Maestro was started what twenty fourteen. Yeah, around there. Actually, I couldn't tell you the exact date, but it was Herb Coakley, um, who was a driver who had the concept originally. And um, and there were some early folks who prototyped it. And uh, Matt and Dwayne um, were, were running it for some time. And then um, at some point, it ran into uh, a lot of issues technically, particularly with Lyft and, and the integration, which was just based on this Android only approach where it's sort of like a macro controlling the screen. And uh, so it really went from, you know, a lot of adoption and people really liking it, but but then to breaking and not working at all. And so they were pretty much going to shut down the company. And that was when, by some very lucky coincidence, I got in touch with the folks who were working on it at the time. And I said, I want to take a crack at this. I think we could fix these issues. I think it's really a promising idea. Don't shut it down. Um, and so that was in 2018 um, when I uh, essentially purchased the app. Uh, from the folks who were running it at that time and, and took over. And um, in the if time... I since if I remember right, though, too, there was yeah. a little... And I don't know if it was on your end or during before you bought it, but if I remember our, in our first interview, there was a little lag time, too, in between. Like, almost... Uh, I, I don't want to say Maestro was down, but, like, it wasn't being promoted. It wasn't <laughs> well, between... That was... You I was working, the... I was, I was heads down working at that time. So it was broken and I was like, oh, how hard could this be? It'll take me a couple of weeks. I'll fix it and, and get it back out there. Well, it took me years <laughs> and including just at this point, we've totally rewritten everything. None of the original code uh, from that app is, is still around. But um, so that at that time, yeah, it didn't look like anything was happening, but that was when we were heads down uh, getting things working in a, in a way that's much more reliable that, you know, is still working to this day. Doug, how did you decide to show up and be like, hey, I'm interested in the app? Like, how did you know about it? How are you interested in this space? I would just like, that's fascinating to me. Like, how, how did that happen? Yeah, um, I came at it from the total other side where I was just, a, a, as a passenger, you know, taking Uber and Lyft two, three times a day in San Francisco. And I wanted an app to compare the price as a passenger. So I made that app. Uh, it was called AnyRide and um, launched it. And it was cool, got some adoption, but um, but some folks were like, oh, you should chat with Matt, who's got this company doing something similar, but for the drivers. And so, um, and, and they were in Y Combinator and I had been in Y Combinator. So um, just some mutual friends basically put us in touch and I was like, okay, yeah, this, this seems like a bigger opportunity for some of the same technology that I was working with as far as aggregating Uber and Lyft and into one interface. So uh, did you ever, did you ever do any gig work? Um, at that time? No, no. I, or, I mean, have was... you since, or do you test it or do you? Oh yeah. So since then I signed up for Uber, Lyft, DoorDash, Amazon Flex. I've done, you know, a handful of rides on all of them. I wouldn't say I'm experienced by any means. Um, 
as a gig worker, but um, I've tried them all and uh, so, so useful to like see what it what it's like on, on that side of it and, and for testing the app and everything else. Yeah. I mean, and it, you know, I, I, I don't know. It's amazing. I was, I was looking through the app. And so what you're showing, is that just upfront fair now? Is that, is that kind of what it's like? I know we're supposed to yeah. see upfront, but upfront isn't ever, it, oddly, I talked to some people still who are like, upfront isn't in my market. They're more rural. But I thought yeah. upfront was supposed to be everywhere by now. It's funny. For some reason, it's not ubiquitous. Uh, so whenever Uber shows that upfront price, we can show it as well in Maestro. Um, generally, if Uber is, isn't wanting to show that, there's no way we could get it either. Um, but in most markets, that is available. Um, similar thing with like DoorDash and the tip, as as David knows, like they're, they're capping that tip. So it works as a bit up to a certain amount. And then... Uh, and then for whatever reason, they like hide the excess and it would be so helpful if they would show that, but they just don't. Yeah. Um, so obviously, uh, so I guess this is, I mean, this is one, I, I, this maybe is for kind of both of you. How, how is it that so many apps have so much trouble with iOS? And I, I get it when you're dealing with like trying to work, get with these other companies and get data and pull it in. But how how is it that Maestro and even Para how how is it that somehow it gets a, like what is it that's required with iOS to not make them pissed off? <laughs> yeah, does I'll that make sense? Doug is actually, I'll say I'm not sure I'm not trying to get out of this, but Doug actually does a lot more coding than I will, so I'll let him take first stab at that. So. <laughs> um, yeah, it's. It's, uh, I'm trying to think of a simple answer for that. I don't know that there is one. It's just very different. On, on Android, we have that ability to drive the apps like a macro uh, where you can almost just like read the screen and tap the screen um, as an app. You know, an app can drive another app that way. And on iOS, you can't do that. So um, that was, as I was saying, the approach that Maestro initially took. And I, it might be how, my, how Maximo does it. I'm actually not sure. Um, on iOS, we don't have that ability at all. Um, so we have to do it in a different way where it's um, using APIs. And I guess that that's yeah. really what I was getting at, though, is even that API way, I feel like, I mean, what we know, Para, we've accidentally, you know, you step out of line a little bit, that API can be thrown in your face real quick. So it's like there's got to be some margins, and yet they do a hard review on iOS. I think, Steve, at a, at a high level, it used to be easier, but I think there's a couple of these functions which you can plug into that basically, you know, can say, hey, is this an actual physical iPhone talking to me? Authenticate that this is a real version on a physical hardware version of an iPhone of the app, basically, yeah. right? So, uh, and that didn't used to be the case, right? I think Apple probably released that function globally to everybody not that long ago. I think that's what makes things particularly difficult. Right, is basically they're like, before you could say, hey, I am just another version of the DoorDash app, like acting on Steve's behalf. Now they go to us pretending to be the DoorDash app on your behalf. And it's like, are you actually running on a phone? Are you actually real? Are you actually Steve? Right. Mm -hmm. And I think that's really what makes it harder, basically, I think. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I would, uh, yeah, I can't, I forgot about the physical. I mean, even everybody says nobody does it on like everybody's like, no, I never get it on my DoorDash. And these are the full-time dashers. When I was doing those eight dashes over the past couple of weeks and checking out Paul's, I got to tell you, I had like three or four of the take your pictures. And everybody's like, dude, I haven't had one in like a year. Like mine was doing it like every other time. 
That's interesting. And so I'm going, okay, yeah, how that that would throw things off. But I mean, I guess it didn't really. I mean, it kept me on the app. It's just, you know, unless you, if you're like multi-apping and you're really sitting on one, you might not even know it's asking for it, really. Um, so yeah, I mean, there needs to be some kind at a of high level. Room. My like at a high level, I guess my answer to your question, shit's hard, man. <laughs> you can see Doug, Doug worked on it for years. We've worked on it for years. Well, that's what it's I'm saying. I'm, I'm wondering what makes because even David, I guess I was kind of getting it. Like I know updates we've done where iOS has kind of said, nope. That ain't happening. And it just, and it's not like the whole thing has to go in the trash. There's just some issues that have to be addressed. Hmm. So I'm yeah, wondering I mean, what those kind of things are that they're looking for. Like, what do they, what do they get? Obviously, I think there's a big, much bigger push about security on iOS. Much bigger. Yeah. I remember, you know, in the early days releasing iOS apps and having just so many headaches with the App Store review process and these very arbitrary decisions to not let apps in. But I mean, we've been fortunate lately that they've been fairly, at first fast and then second when they don't allow something it's for like reasonable causes that we're able to fix and, and get it through the bigger app we've had for sure has been the technical challenges of integrating with uber and lyft and and the other gig apps um especially when they're not trying to to help or, or and encourage that in any way and they're doing this what david was talking about this attribution where they're um specifically putting in these you know, what they, they would call security, but really it's very user hostile where it, it locks them down to where they must use a, a phone that hasn't been rooted. They must use, you know, the latest version of the app from the store. It's um, very restrictive with what they're doing now technologically. So it, it's gotten more difficult. However, they're allowing more. <laughs> <laughs> that's how i'm here because i mean like a lot of this stuff i guess maybe they've just come to the conclusion oh a lot of companies want to pull this type of stuff maybe we start to allow this and maybe that just part gets fast tracked better no i think actually doug had sent me like a super fascinating article yesterday actually that i think actually sort of talks to this is this sort of like balance of security versus user interoperability and sort of doug if you wanted to touch on that i sort of read that right before this podcast and i thought it was super interesting actually yeah, yeah, that is um, this. There's a whole saga going down right now with this company Beeper, um, Eric Majikowski and Apple. Um, so he basically made uh, and Beeper made this program that lets you do iMessage on an Android phone. You know, you can have a blue bubble. Um, and this is like a huge thing. Apple doesn't want this because they want their walled garden of only iPhone users getting blue bubbles with each other. And the FTC actually issued a statement about this. And they were saying that they are going to fight companies who who claim that these restrictions are there for security, when we really know that those are there to protect their their walled garden businesses. So right. in Apple's case, that's the blue bubble for iMessage. But for the gig apps, that's Uber and Lyft and um, and DoorDash, actually more relevantly than Lyft. Yeah, uh, yeah, they're they're protecting their their walled garden and keeping out competition with these attestation um, mechanisms. And, and that is what makes it so hard. So it's not Apple that's making it, it's not directly Apple making it hard for us. It's it's more um, the gig apps deciding to use these attestation things to really restrict the hardware and the apps that users can use to drive for them. Yeah. I mean, I, I think, you know. Steve, if you think about it, like uh, they're basically saying, hey, by doing this, you stop us from being secure. But that's not true because I think, you know, apps such as Maestro, all they're doing is sort of mimicking actions that are already able to be done in the app, right? So it's like you're only doing the things sure. that they've allowed you to already do in that app. But I think it's this idea of like, hey, it's not our interest. We'll claim security 
or really we're just trying to make it so that drivers can't multi-app easier, right? But I think this is actually sort of being this, I guess, a classic tension a little bit of like, you know, you, it's easy to shut down this stuff in the name of security. Mm -hmm. Actually, I just sort of when Doug sent me that article, I thought it was super interesting because I, don't, I never thought the FTC would come out with an opinion on this, basically, I guess, so publicly, it felt like a more of a niche thing. But it's I don't cool. know if you remember, right. David, this yeah. summer, the FTC was doing weird stuff, too, though. We were talking about this. I mean, there were articles out. They were doing some real snooping on these apps specifically, too, not just about the independent contractor rule changing. But <clears throat> and that I mean, that really gets to the heart of a problem, too, is that these apps are operating like the wild, wild west because nobody ever gave them their own classification. We've talked about this. I mean, Doug, I think you and I talked about this two years ago. It still hasn't changed. Nobody has said this is, you know, there's traditional gig work like I like I have doing production, um, you know, doing lighting, lasers, sound. And then there's people who write articles that were affected by AB5. There's translators, musicians, all these people who are independent contractors. Those are classical traditional sense ones. Nobody ever said for the app based, here's how we'll work it. So ever since they've just been beating the crap out of both sides like we're going to treat you like an employee but pay you like an ic without benefits and it's like okay well now you've pissed off all the states and there's still no definition so here we roll into a new year a year where we'll be electing a president it's a potus year and so the last push by this administration to make everybody unions obviously pro x dead but they're going to help any state that wants to push against this in the beginning of the year is how they've made it come across because they're like, hey, listen, let's get these laws in place now. And so there's a lot of states looking at these laws now wanting to do things like Massachusetts is about to like just pull the rug out from under it, you know, and uh, I mean, yeah, they're just they're just not transparent. I don't know why they never let it define. I don't know why. I guess I know that they'll, they'll look. My, I'm not saying the sky's falling because the apps will be around. We know, and we know this because the like rideshare Uber gives free rides to voting, to um, doctors' visits for seniors, to um, uh, it, like if you want to get uh, go to the pharmacy and get your shots, they'll do all these things. All like uh, free rides on New Year's for the drunks. They're so in with the cities; they're not going to be kicked out. But at the same time, the cities are saying, listen, we're we're passing regulations. This is ridiculous. You know, and it's um, I don't know. I mean, New York's just a little example of what could happen. And, and what really ends up happening is you're just you're downgrading the service. It's a luxury service. A lot of people don't want to actually say that, but it is. Um, it's all these are luxury services and they're trying to make them like a bus ride. I mean, eventually, if you keep doing this direction, you're going to only be able to afford people who have the worst cars and, you know, don't, you know, self hygiene is kind of, I, I can tell you I've experienced this with rideshare as it is and the, and it costs more now. And I know the driver gets even less. So looking back, I've had great rides with drivers and now, and they, and I used to be one that took pride in my car and cleaned it every day. You know, now I do a lot of courier, so I don't need to, but if I was still doing a lot of rideshare, I still would, even if the pay was down because that's just me. But I mean, like I've stood on people's gym bags on an Uber ride before. I've, I'm pretty sure that I've been in Ubers where the people live in them. Wow. It's just, I mean, like you can't take a service like that and make it just trash. 
I mean, it's, it's, it really is a luxury service and to, to sit there and fight and make it a labor law issue is a, is a big problem because now no, I know everybody wants to stay flex. We, and we know 85% of them have to because they're working 17 or less hours a week. So if they don't get to keep flex, they're done. They can't be in that because that means they have another job. They're not living on 15 hours of DoorDash a, a week. So they have another job and they do it when they can. If flex goes away, they're done. And so you can't afford to lose 85%. I don't know what, what's going to happen. These This new way like New York is trying and now other states want to kind of follow that thing. And it seems like the wrong way to do this. And I feel like it's just because nothing's been put in place. But again, I would say that, you know, like I'm, I think that your flex integration, your spark integration, I think, <clears throat> I don't know if there's a way to do it yet, maybe in the new year, but any of the apps like David and I were talking about, like a curry, um, uh, uh, drop off a, uh, you know, like, um, deliver, deliver that any of those. And there's so many, I mean, any of those that you could add to the app too, would be amazing. Because I think more, like it was like this little tiny percentage. But when we just had the CEO, Doug or um, Chris Heffernan on, um, he was saying, I can't remember, it was like 156 cities they're in now. I mean, that's no joke now. And I know there, there were people in the chat saying, well, listen, I got problems with delivered. Yeah, everybody has problems with every app. That's just a fact, guys. I mean, like, and it's delivered constantly trying to solve it. I think we all learned from the Chris interview that, um, I mean, that's just a, uh, that's just, that's just a good company. I don't know. That's my opinion. I thought Chris was a great guy. I think what he's doing is great. And I think he's just facing some of the hurdles. I mean, when we had tip transparency at Para. Everybody loved us. The day it went away, everybody hated David and I. They wanted to burn our house down. <laughs> it's like, you know, like all the people that were saying like, get it back. It's like, man, call DoorDash. They're the ones that are supposed to be showing you this stuff in the first place. You know, so um, I don't know. I feel like this is going to be a year of a lot of legal battles for them, which I know is no new feat. They're always legal battles, but I feel like there's gonna be a lot of legal battles. I feel like um, I feel like they're going to have to dump a lot of money into that. And I already see the other apps picking up as these are not picking back up. I mean, again, I you you alluded, Doug, to maybe it's just that time of year. I always think of this time of year as jamming. Like right now, I should be able to turn on any app and it's fire. Yeah. In in previous years, like now through New Year's or like Thanksgiving through New Year's, it, I've always had I could just pick my apps. Okay, I'll run this one. They'd all do good. Now, I mean, it's not even just bad orders; it's just low volume, and so it need it needs to pick back up. Um, but yeah. Uh, so, so Doug, I guess it's sort of like on my end, it's like FTC multi-apping, birth of more and more apps. It's a crazy year coming ahead with legislation, political stuff. Yeah. What you know? What have you got planned for twenty twenty four? What's on Doug's wish list? You know, if you you know fast forward a year from now, like what what do you hope to have done? Uh, yeah. Well, number one thing by far is just more apps. I mean, I think more options is always better. Um, we talked about Flex and Spark. Uh, we'd like to we we don't actually have DoorDash on on Android. Um, it's only on our iOS app, so we'd like to get that on Android. Um, we've talked a little bit about that, David. Um, and uh, and we also want to do some earnings tracking. We've also talked about that because ultimately our goal is to help drivers earn more per hour. And it's so hard to even 
even reliably know what you're earning um, after all of your costs. So we, we really want to help drivers get a handle on that so that they can start changing their strategies and seeing how it affects their earnings and getting scientific basically about, about maximizing earnings. Um, yeah, so I, I think we have a, a lot of on our product roadmap, a lot of ways to make our product better. Um, and then just keeping, um, keeping everything running smoothly. Yeah, I think, uh, I think that the, you know, I'll give, I'm going to give a shout out here to Bryce over at Solo. I think he's done, you know, his, what he's done has been interesting because it's not what I expected it to do, but I learned a lot because if I'm sure you're familiar, at least with the name of Solo, Doug, but if, if, if you're not real familiar with the app, like it basically has a way to have a pay guarantee in your market. When those markets launched, it was high. Now, if you look like I've seen even some cities, the pay guarantee for like a DoorDash hour is beneath an earn by time hour if that earn by time hours in that market. So it DoorDash is saying you can earn this much an hour guaranteed and Solo's got it under that. Oh. And I mean, I find this interesting because the reason is, is you're not getting a full active hour. So really what they're doing is saying that's not really even possible. So oh, I see. So, so the solo guarantee is whether you're active or not. And, and the DoorDash guarantee is only active hour. Well, I don't know if the DoorDash, I, I've never, I never do the earn by time. I feel like it is like the whole time you're on, but you have to take every one they send you. Okay. So what they do is take the no tips and the long ones and send them to you. And you have to do those if you're doing the earn by time. And I know the earn by time varies from 13 to 17 bucks. So it's not like it's a lot. Um, like if you're, I've always said, if you're not making that anyway, might, this might not be the right line of work for you. Yeah. You know, because I mean, like that's, you got, ex even if you're not doing this as much expense tracking as I'm doing, you got to be doing some, what are the basics? Are you putting in gas? Are you putting any away to maintain your car? What shape is your car in? Is it electric? Like, I don't know your whole scenario, but people have to do some kind of cost like i mean you got to do your cost and if you're only making 13 an hour and you have a cost too at that point i would just say go look for a w2 because i i don't know i mean i would say try other I things think, first think, but yeah. i want to highlight one thing doug said just sort of at the end of what he said which is like just keeping things running smoothly uh, yeah. i think that's actually been sort of like the number one request that we've gotten from people it's just like it doesn't work sometimes when i log in it doesn't work stuff is unstable just like please make it work basically so i think on mm -hmm. my end that's actually if i were to have my wish list for what we need to accomplish in the coming year it's actually very aligned on that it's just like just keep things running smoothly because at the end of the day all of our features are built on top of that and if that's unstable then everything else is just not that great basically so uh yeah on my on my end sort of uh excited to see what we can do in the new year to keep it running smoothly sort of uh that doug and i have been trading notes and talking to each other and on our end sort of uh you know finding a way to keep these things stable for all drivers is a good thing basically. so uh, the car the carnage is in on, vegas building... oh and i was gonna say he's they're saying that 12 dollars an hour is the earn by time in vegas wow. and david you've lived there you know it's not a cheap place I mean, that's just sad. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's just sad. Um, there was one last thing I wanted to ask Doug was, oh, on the, uh, so when we were talking about pricing, that's a big jump from Android to iOS. Is that because of the teams and what's neat? Again, 
I know we did a lot of focus on that today, but is that because of all that has to go into that side? Is that more about the upkeep? What is the, cause that's a big price. It's over 300%. Yeah. So, um, Again, the reason why that we think that that makes sense is because it, we have more functionality on iOS. As I was just saying, DoorDash is only on iOS for us, um, and it works much better um, on iOS. Uh, and also, always we're trying to make sure that that is going to pay for itself very quickly, and then much beyond that. So, um, so, you know, we're not doing our job correctly if like it's not paying for itself at even eighteen dollars a month or more. Um, and yeah, where's the money going? Mostly engineering. It is um, a lot of work to get these things working and smoothly, and then to try to actually move forward and add additional apps and, and more functionality to it. So um, that is um, my main focus is, is just leading that engineering team and trying to be effective about making a great app for drivers. Um, yeah, I mean, it kind of got, kind of goes along with what I've said and what I keep being told by littler companies that I know. Who are like, well, look, and we don't we don't lie about it, but we don't wave a flag either, saying it works better on iOS. <laughs> you know, it's like they don't. They're saying I've talked to enough people who are saying it does, but we don't need to say that. People on iOS know iOS just works better. But so, I mean, clearly, if somebody lands on the, I mean, maybe they don't see the Android price if they go to the iOS store, but. At the same time, if they're looking at the two, two prices, it's almost alluding to to what I'm, what we're kind of talking about. So, like, wait, why is iOS more? Because I think, look, I mean, like, even some of the other apps, the iOS just more people. I mean, are you how do you have any kind of idea on what the percentage of iOS users is on Maestro versus 90%. Android? Yeah, it's ninety percent of our users are on iOS. So, really, so, the okay. challenge for us is trying to even get Android to where we really feel like it's. Um, it's got all the functions that it needs to have to have the Maestro name. And so that's why we're really just discounting it now um, to, to try to get it out there and, and working better. I mean, is there a potential world where Maestro isn't an Android? <laughs> I'm just uh, I asking. Mean, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't want to do that. I mean, I, I get it. I, get I think it. more than 50% of, of drivers are actually on Android. Um, and so to just be saying, you know, half the drivers are never going to get to use Maestro is, um, you know, they say it's unfair. Um, and I agree with them. I, I think they should get to use it. I hear you. But at the same time, your stats are speaking volumes. You got 90% using iOS. It's, and yeah. we can do the comparison of phones in the world. On, but I to mean, be on, honest, our end, it's, on our end, it's sort of interesting too, right? I think on Paris, like roughly 70% of users are iPhone. 70, 75% of users are iPhones. Even though we have like a much larger proportion of iPhone than, I, uh, iPhone than Android. <laughs> I know yeah. we're sort of running up on time here, and I just sort of wanted to leave Doug with a bit of sort of like a curveball question that I've been pondering myself about everything that's going on. So let's say like, you know, this FTC thing got my brain thinking, uh, and let's say like the FTC makes it that, you know, sorry, F FTC makes it so that companies have, to, you know, the gig companies have to open up their APIs and we can build a driver interoperable world like oh. Oh, david's glitching <laughs> okay i think we got 90 percent <laughs> of the question and i, I um you said you know that ftc opens it up and they require dry, these apps to make an interoperable interface um 
David, I, I, I don't know if your connection's still live, but was there an ending part to the question? Okay, well, let's just thinking about okay. that world. I mean, I think that's that is the best thing for everybody. Um, I think that really would open it up for competition um, because uh, they wouldn't be able to just try to lock drivers into just driving Uber, just driving DoorDash. Um, they would have to compete, and then and then the free market will will create um, more reasonable uh, pay, I think, for drivers in in that world, and that makes it much easier for for apps like ours to work with them if they're required to to interoperate. So I'll walk this out of here in just a second in case David rejoins. But the one thing I will say is we had Moves, and I know Moves is shutting down in the new year, you guys, but we had Moves CEO um, on not too, just a few weeks back. And he was even, uh, he was even saying that, um, uh, I forgot where I was going with this. Uh, he was, he was talking about the, uh, um it wasn't the FTC portion of it, but the uh oh there goes David. And there he is again. Let me see if he can bring him on. Okay, if you got your last question, I just dropped the ball on mine because I was trying to long it's been choppy. No, I had one last thing, but I I dropped it. Did you want to say one last thing about that FTC thing? Oh, the the, the uh, last no, thing I think on mine is just like, hey, if there's a world. Well, the, the last thing I was going to say yeah, is, David, there's if a world you where you hearing, can't have access to the APIs, like, what would you want to build? Yeah, I, I mean, I think we're building, we'd be building the same thing we're trying to build now, but we'd be able to really do it well, um, much more easily. We'd, we'd be able to have all the apps on there and drivers would be able to compete all of them. Um, and, and yeah, it'd be a much better world. So when David, so this, so, oh, there he goes again. <laughs> Um, internet down there is uh, apparently not so great. Yeah, no, I was trying to I was trying to get to the uh to when we were having moves on and moves actually did something very weird that so they they were I don't know if you're familiar but they were giving you shares of if you were had your platform tied to their banking you could get shares of the company even though they were fraction shares that made somehow they had um a voice to talk to Uber before a uh, quarterly call and they made Uber and they did put it into the language because they kept saying something about when they use the Uber app, they're only on our app and, and moves contribution was no, we need you to say you acknowledge that, that most full-time workers multi-app and they did. Wow. In their in their document to their investors, they this last quarter they said most drivers multi-app on multiple platforms. Wow. So obviously there's something there too. I mean, like they understand multi-apping is a thing. I don't think it's the same old fight as three, four years ago. They don't, I don't think they care anymore. In fact, they're just trying to save their own butts at this point. They know they can't provide enough work and they know that people have to multi-app. So I think it's just more about like. How do we make sure that they're not sloppy multi-apping? Yeah. And like and, dropping orders or putting us behind another better offer and screwing us over, that kind of stuff. So yeah. And this isn't just good for the drivers and the consumers, but it's also like good for the apps in that there's many apps out there that can't, it's it's hard to start a new gig app now because you have to recruit your own drivers. And so if if there are interfaces like Para, like Maestro that 
let drivers easily access all these smaller ones, people can make brand new gig apps and easily plug into to pools of drivers who are interested in, in doing their gigs. Yeah. So I, I think there's a lot of innovation that could be unlocked from this. I agree. Um, no, well, I guys, agree. that's why I think I'd, I'd ask Doug sort of that question because I've always had this idea in my head. I've always wanted to almost build it like a video game map, right? Where like all the pings appear live on a map. You can see all the directions in which they're going. You can see the other shifts or stuff available around you live on the map. You get to have that sort of live intel from the heat maps that we have all on the same interface. And I would love to get there. And I think every time we've tried to play with that, it's just the base piping is not good enough for us to do that fast enough in a seamless enough manner that makes sense. But that's really sort of what I'm hoping is one day uh, we'll be able to do that. Hey, man, maybe next year. Um, oh, that's a wrap for this week, you guys. I uh, thank you for putting for joining us on Friday. Um, we are back to Thursdays next week, although we're not here, but we got a special dropping. It'll be a premiere. Um, so it'll be the same time, 7 p.m. Thursday, December 28th, I believe. That's Thursday. And then David and I are back here the week after. And I think we have uh, the CEO of FreeCab. And then we have some other great CEOs coming up as well. We have um, Curry. We have um, Gridwise. And I'm trying to, oh, we have one other one that we're working on, but I can't confirm it till I say it. So, um, uh, or until I get this fully confirmed, I can't, I can't say it, but, uh, it's the last mile one that we're interested in doing. So, um, with that said, you guys have a happy holiday, Doug. Thank you for joining us chat. Thank you for joining us people on replay. Thank you for watching. Thank you for listening on the new audio podcast. Uh, glad that that's starting to take off more and more and more. So, um, you guys, if you're not familiar, you can find a gig app podcast by Para on Spotify or others, and it's starting to populate more and more. So um, with that, you guys, have everybody have a great and safe holiday. Um, if things are slow, take some take some downtime, um, you know, and uh, enjoy enjoy life, even if even if you're strapped, can't make there be money, you know, so um, everybody take care of yourselves and uh, we'll see you back here next week. Thanks for joining us. Thanks. Oops. Sorry, guys. There we go.